Excuse my squeaky chair in the background, man. That's all I got to work with right now. That's all y'all got to work with right now is me and my squeaky chair. How y'all been, man? I know I'm talking to myself right now, but I got to ask y'all, you know, the the listeners that are going to be listening, man. Let me know how y'all been, man. It's been a minute, man. A lot has changed. A lot of things have transpired since the last time me and my nigga Big J recorded. Shout out to my nigga Jordan, man. One of the realest ever do it. But, uh, yeah, man. I think moving forward is just going to be me doing the show. <coughs> We've been gone for a minute. I thought about looking for a, a co-host, which I still might look for a co-host, man. Um, but I just felt like it, it, would, it wouldn't be authentic to replace such a staple to the show, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like if Deces and Miro split, you you can't replace Deces. You you can't replace Miro. Like, when you got something that's so organic and so real and so true. When it has different components, it's hard to replace those components with to keep that same feeling. So, as of now, I have decided that it's just gonna be me carrying the show. I got same shit, different different toilet. Branded on my shoulders, and I'm carrying it with me from here on out. But uh, now that we got that out the way, let's get into some to some of the hot takes that's been going on for the past. I don't know. We can say weeks, couple days. I think we should start out with the uh, elephant in the room. We got to be this pushing Drake beef. Uh. In all honestly, honesty, <coughs> I'm kind of, <coughs> excuse me, I'm kind of uh, over it in a sense. Not saying I'm not entertained, but it's everywhere. Oh my gosh, this shit is everywhere, dude. Like CNN, Fox News. MSNBC, like TMZ, everywhere you look, push a T Drake, push a T Drake, push a T Drake. <laughs> and I and, and don't get me wrong, I understand. You know, as, as you got the biggest name in rap over the past, say eight years. Be honest, eight years, the biggest rap star on the planet. Aubrey Graham, Drizzy Drake. He's in another beef. And this time, unlike with the Meek beef, Pusha T came prepared. And he knew exactly what he was doing when he put out that booby trap on infrared. Drake took the bait. 
He did what he was supposed to do. He dropped the Duppy freestyle. And it basically just set up Pusha T to knock him out early. Uh, and, I, and look, the, the Pusha T, his rebuttal. Um, what, are they, uh, what are they calling the uh, story of Aiden? Which is supposedly Drake's, which is supposedly Drake's son. That he's been hiding since the beginning of the year. But uh, the story of Aiden, basically, it exposed Drake for everything that I feel like everybody thought that he was. See, this is this is the thing that happened with Drake, man. Drake, two things happened. Drake got to the point to where he was, I don't want to say untouchable, but he was closing in on the status of one of the hip-hop immortals. And by that, I mean he's done so much. He's doing so great. He doesn't look like he's appearing to slow down. That without a shout of a doubt, when you look at an era, when you look at a generation, you're going to ask, who who was that guy? It's Drake. Not the Kendricks. Not Jacoles. It was Drake's. This is Drake's era. Now, Kendrick and Cole have had their moments, just like rappers like Wiz Khalifa has had their moments. And and, and, and you can look around at, at at Nicki or, you know, other rappers. You know, th- Wayne Wayne had his spurt and he kind of trickled over to Drake's. But you get what I'm saying. Everybody has had their moments before a span of, you can say, a continuous eight years. Might be ten. Eight years, Drake has been that guy as far as the new generation goes well not the, not the new generation now but you know what I'm saying so he was almost to the point of being immortalized then you get to the point to where oh he has a legit challenger not a Joe Button. and don't get me wrong Joe Button he can rap but he's like you're not gonna be the one that's gonna Ruin the shit for this nigga, bro. Like, so you can forget it. So he had a challenger, not named Joe Button. Came in the form of Meek Mill. And Meek is looked at as he's not a backpack rapper. He's not a he's not a, a poet. You know, he's not he he's a he's a he's a street rapper. He's considered a street rapper. He's a hustler. You know, he's in the Yo Gotti lane. He's in the, you know, kind of, he's in the Gucci lane. You know what I'm saying? Two chains, you know, like that. He's looked at, he's revered as a hustler. You know what I'm saying? He's Philly's guy. He's the guy, he's the rapper from Philly. Like, he's, you know, every area has their has their people. And then Philly has Meek Mill. And, you know, everybody knows what happened with that beef. Drake cleaned him up. Got him out of here real, real quick with back-to-back. Meek tried to clap back with some other shit. It wouldn't happen. And don't get me wrong, the stuff that Meek was saying, it was like, it was valid, but the way he went about it fucked it up. You know what I'm saying? It was like his, his whole, his approach to the whole situation wasn't thought out. Drake's was, it appeared to be thought out and calculated. Like he knew what he was doing, he knew how he was going to do it, and he knew where he was going to do it. Meek wasn't like that. Meek was very, very unprepared for the situation. Fast forward now. Everybody knows that 
Drake and Pusha have had static going back year, year, years and years back. Trickling down over from the Wayne and Baby Beef that they had with the clips and everything, with Pharrell not getting paid, you know, for uh, what happened to that boy, and, uh, and uh, you know, the whole babe shit. So Drake inherited Young Money Cash Money Beef. Boom. Pusha T. Exodus, pop, Exodus drops six years ago. It's fire. He had the dream on the hook. You know what I'm saying? What even made it more fire at the time was that the dream was beefing with the weekend. So it was lit. Track was hard. Fast forward. Drake drops, was it Two Birds, One Stone, I believe? Two Birds, One Stone. It was fire. He said some shit about Push. Cool. We fast forward to now. Pusha T's album's about to drop. Daytona. And I'm going to speak on Daytona once I get done with this. Pusha T's album's about to drop Daytona. There's a clip of him, I guess, in a club or in a studio or somewhere. And the track Infrared is playing. And he's rapping the part where he's talking about Drake tap dancing for Mammy. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, it was it was written by, by Quentin. You know what I'm saying? Shit like that. And this is before the album drops. Then the album drops a few days later. You get the whole track. You get What Would Meek Do? And then you get Infrared. Infrared is where, you know what I'm saying, he's talking that shit. And he says what he says. Then I think, what was it, Saturday? Was it, was it, was it Friday night? I mean, it might have been Friday night. might have been that night, I believe. Drake drops Duppy. Internet goes crazy. He's on the track talking crazy about Pusha and Kanye. He got both them niggas out of there in a matter of 45 seconds. And we was like, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. This this is what hip-hop needed. This is good. But now Pusha got to respond. Niggas was saying Pusha had till Monday. <laughs> I think Pusha responded on a Tuesday or some shit. But he dropped the story of Aiden with the picture of Drake doing blackface. What appeared to be Drake doing blackface in a Jim Crow shirt. It wasn't a reason pick. It was you could you could tell it was at least seven or eight years old. So uh he drops the track, Story of Aiden. Talking about Drake uh, got a porn star pregnant. He's hiding his son. He's like the only thing he was he, he did for the little nigga was was name your Adidas clothing line after him or name him after like you know so he was gonna use that as the rollout. He was basically calling Drake a deadbeat father. He said basically told Drake you 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 putting your mama in the limelight as a loser. Cause she was getting knocked up by a nigga wearing Steve Harvey suits. Then the one thing that he said that I think that rubbed a lot of people wrong. And I, I'm not gonna say I was mad at it. I understood it, but it's just like, damn, bro. Like, bro, ain't had nothing to do with this. He's an innocent body. Like, he's like, like, like that's like you shooting up somebody's house and 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 and, and you hit the neighbor. It's like, damn, bro, like, I know bro might come over here and y'all might talk sometimes, but I wouldn't try to, you know, I I wouldn't try to shoot you. 
So when Pusha did, when he said the bar about, you know, 40, 40 ain't going to be here long. He's hunched over or some shit. And when he was like, damn, 40 dying? Come to find out, nigga, has, he has MS. Was it Mot- Motiosclerosis or something like that? Wait a minute, he has MS. And the following day was Worldwide MS Day. And I think that part rubbed a lot of people wrong, especially, especially for the main, like the mainstream media. Because you have to understand, a lot of the mainstream media was in on, was 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 watching this. So it 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 made it kind it kind of blew it up out of proportion. It rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Um, I understand it. It's rap, man. Rap is a full contact sport. If you don't want to get hit, don't play. You know what I'm saying? If you, you, you play a football, you tell me, coach, I don't want to get hit. And son, why are you out here? Don't play the game. If you don't want to get hit, don't play the game. It was fucked up. But 40, you are you are Drake's guy. You're, you know what I'm saying? You're Drake's Metro. You're Drake's Dr. Dre. Like, you are 40. You could say you are the machine behind this man right here. You're going to get hit. It, nobody knows how, but you're gonna get hit. You have to understand that. Like that's just what it is. So, like I said, I understand it, but this is rap. This is rap. It should be expected. Uh, it it should be expected. Like it's guaranteed. Nobody in the NBA has never been dunked on. Nobody in the NBA has ever been crossed. Nobody in the NBA has ever had their shot, has never had their shot blocked. Like, like nobody in football has never been hit. Like, at some point while you were doing this thing that you love to do, some shit is just guaranteed. So the people that feel upset about it, that's just, they just don't understand the, the, the art behind it, the, the love for the game, for, you know, the love for, for the sport. Anyway, so after that, everybody was going crazy because there was like, where did this Drake picture come from? He's doing blackface. He has a new Jim Crow shirt. What? What is this? We always knew it. We always knew it, Drake. And it's funny because you could tell who's like on Drake's side and who like always wanted this nigga to lose or always wanted this nigga to drop something whack. Like you could just tell like what side niggas is on. So they either caping or they trying to defend. You got a few in between, but it's either one or the other. So, everybody's going crazy. We want answers. I mean, don't get me wrong. As annoyed as I was with the situation, I was like, damn, what was, what was bro doing? I was, like, I was like, but he looked young. I was like, man, he was probably acting or something, but, but what? What's the story behind the picture? So, I think it might have been two days ago or yesterday. Drake dropped a statement on Instagram saying, uh, you know, that this picture was not from, it's not recent, it's not from um, a clothing line where people were trying to say before he made the statement. He said it was from a movie him and his old best friend did uh, where they were basically trying to show like the depiction of how hard it is for African Americans to work, you know, in like, Hollywood and get jobs and you know be successful and up up and coming African Americans about how much harder it is for them than it is for you know whites or whatever so uh 
he made a statement on Instagram saying that a lot of people were mad. Again, I understand it, but at the same time, y'all wanted y'all wanted bro to address it. <laughs> you know, say y'all wanted bro to address it. I get a lot of you all might have wanted him to address it on the track. I get it all. You all might say, well, he automatically loses the beat because of this. Cool, it's fine. It's totally fine. But what Drake did was damage control. Plain and simple. He realized that oh shit, I have to I have to attack this in a way it's gonna make me keep all my sponsors. You know, so I, I don't want to like I don't want to not say anything, and I don't want to come out and possibly say something or do something when my sponsors is like, let's take a step away from this. He came out and said, hey guys, this is what it was. This is. Going on, um, I know you all are enjoying this circus, you know. But this is this is the truth behind this blackface picture, and I feel like he did that to save face. And at the same time, him doing that at the same time, he basically forfeits a rap battle because got a rap, bruh. People don't want to see Instagram posts or Snapchat posts or Facebook posts or tweets. You're in battle. They shoot at you, you shoot back. It's the only rule that applies when you're in battle. Nothing else, you know? So I get it. I understand why people are mad. I understand why he did it as well. Who knows? He might have something loaded up. He might have something loaded up, but he hasn't dropped anything yet. Um, Kanye just tweeted out that, you know, he he's above that and... We shouldn't do that. On a matter of fact, let me go look at the right tweet. Let me go look at the tweet, man. Because he just tweeted it like an hour ago. Kanye said, I've never been about beef. I'm about love. Lines were crossed, and it's not good for anyone. So this is dead now. He said that at 129 a.m. So, we don't know what's next. <laughs> the story continues. For all we know, Pusha could be like, fuck that. I'm about to drop another one. Or Drake could be like, man, fuck that. I got to get this nigga back. So I'm about to drop something. Or maybe they both, you know what I'm saying, they pieced it out. Drake put the diss on ice. Save it for a rainy day. But as of now, Kanye's saying the beef is over. And we'll get to Kanye's new album as well, too. But first, let me get back to this Daytona. Shout out to Pusha T. I like Pusha T, man. He can rap. Like, not like rap, but like, bro, can like, he's nice. You know, he's, he's, he's one of the few artists that I see Pusha T on the track. I'm like, oh, shit, let me listen to this. Pusha T on. I know he about to say something crazy. Verse about to be fire. I like Daytona, man. I do. I think it's a good album, but it has no replay value. Now, when I say that, I don't mean like I said. I don't mean it's a bad. I, I, I the album's good, but I listened to that album one time, one time, and that was like the afternoon it came out. I listened to it. I soaked in all twenty one minutes, and I haven't been back yet. Now I thought about it, but. I just can't make myself go back and listen to it again. 
You know what I'm saying? And he got he got got some solid track. Like, like Santeria is nice. It's a nice track right there. I like that. And I thought about playing it the other day. But I, I was like, damn, bro, like, I kind of want to listen to something else. And I know when an album is, like, really, really good to me, because I played that album probably nonstop for, like, three or four days. You know, so if I'm listening to music over three or four days for 100 hours in a three or four day span, I only think you listen to it for 100 hours in four days. Sorry, so let's say if I'm listening to it for 60 hours in a four day span, out of the 60 hours, I'm probably listening to 40 to 45 of that album that I like, hour wise. I didn't do this with this pusher. If you could look at the duration that I played the Pusha T album on my Apple Music account, it would say 21 minutes. Not a minute under, not a minute more. 21 minutes. And like I said, I like Push. I like Push, and I think this is a good album. I just can't. <clears throat> like, I go to it, and I just, I just can't press the play button, man. So, although, like I said, I think it's a good out. Has no replay value. It's already done. <sighs> Let's get on Mr. Kardashian West. Kanye dropped his album that everybody's been waiting for for a very long time. He decided to take a picture of, it looks like the mountains in Wyoming or some shit. While he was on the way to his listening party. And then he proceeded. To write. In children's handwriting. On the picture. In a line with a lime green crayon. That said. What it said. I hate being bipolar. It's awesome. I think that's, I think that's what it said. Let me check. But. It said so. Like, bro. What's, what are you doing? You really, you really picked out your album cover seconds before it had to be posted online. Like, come on, my nigga. Yeah, it says I hate being bipolar. It's awesome. So, cool. Whatever. Get past his album cover. The first song on this album is called "I Thought About Killing You." This nigga is nuts. He's talking about I thought about killing you. I thought about premeditated murder. He's going on. I don't know if he's going on about killing somebody he loved or killing himself, but on some nut shit. Album continues, and like, and, I, and this is why I, I, I always expect a Kanye project, production wise, to be good. That's what he does. He's a producer. You know what I'm saying? He's a producer. Like I, I would be more excited for. A Kanye beat tape before I really would be that that excited for a Kanye album. Because once you get past his production, it's nothing. Like as of late, once you get past his production, it's nothing. Like once you understand, like okay, his productions, that's gonna be there. It's good, cool. What else you got? He hasn't been given that. So, listen to the album. One of my favorite songs out of the. It's seven tracks. One of the songs I'm going to definitely keep 
All Mine. I thought All Mine was really, really dope. Uh, I fucked with... No Mistakes was was solid. Um, it wasn't the best, but it's something I probably listened to. I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't... If it came on right now, I wouldn't skip the track. So I'm, I'm cool with uh, No Mistakes. And then on Violent Crimes, man. You know what I'm saying? I just had a daughter. Uh, April 29, 2018. Nyla Aubrey Butler. The future. About to be the next wonder of the world. Anyway, I just had a daughter. You know what I'm saying? Kanye, the last track on this album is Violent Crimes, man. I fuck with that. I, when I heard Violent Crimes, it's actually Violent Crimes is the only song I ran back. Like, once I heard it, like, and, and that's another thing. Like, when I hear a fire-ass song on an album, or a fire-ass song on a project, I run that shit back immediately. Sometimes I don't even let the song finish. Like, hold up. Hold up. Run that back again and again and again. I, bro, if I've I have had car rides where I played the same song for 30 or 40 minutes straight, bro. Like, like the first time when I was listening to that Cole and the first time I heard goddamn Photograph. Fell in love to photograph. I don't even know your name. Oh, this shit is fire, bro. It's, I know every nigga I know has been on Instagram and seen some shit and be like, bro, like, she's beautiful. Like, I'm in love. Like, every nigga. Every nigga. So that song is just hella relatable. Uh, You had Motivate. I fuck with Motivate. I think my favorite track on the whole album, though, might be Window Pain. And Window Pain called me late. Matter of fact, another track, The Cutoff, called me late, too. I ain't like The Cutoff my first listen to KOD. My first listen to KOD, I liked every track but The Cutoff. I said, man, that sounds like some Kid Cudi shit. And niggas that know me know how I feel about Kid Cudi. I said, sounds like some Kid Cudi shit. I'm good. Came back to my second and listened for the album. Always, it's cold, so I'm going to let it play through. You know what I'm saying? Because he be telling stories and giving messages. So sometimes you got to just let the whole shit play through. So I went to, I, I, I let it play through and I, I listened to it again. I said, man, you know what? That ain't that bad. I got on my third listen. Cutoff came. I said, okay, yeah, okay. I know heaven is a mind state. I've been a couple times. I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to catch on to what bro's saying. I run it. I say, man, I'm gonna run it back. I run it back. It was hitting. I saw, oh, yeah, the cutoff fire. Cutoff jumps into my top three. I ain't even got 1985 in my top three. That's a lot of people's favorite. And 1985 was hard. But that's it. But that's the that's the intro into the next album that we about to get into. He's the fall off. He's about to drop. So I can enjoy that later. You know what I'm saying? But for KOD. I love window pane, love photograph. Kevin's heart is fire. Uh, friends, <sighs> friends is another one. I ran friends back. Man. Look, man, if if you ever had any doubt in your mind, I don't even want to say in your heart, man. But if you ever had any doubt in your mind and in your heart, bro, 
that J. Cole wasn't the best nigga out doing it right now, I know you a hater. And by by the best, I don't mean, like, number-wise. Like, oh, you know, Drake's numbers is this. I ain't talking about none of that. I'm talking about ability to rap. His ability to rap, bro. It's it's utterly amazing. Utterly amazing, bro. Like, his... his like he's so smart and like and like now the way that he's using his his uh his voice to say the words he's starting to use his voice as an instrument on the tracks man and it's just like like bro like he's getting into the artistry of his of his career a lot of a lot of rappers that are rapping right now went to school of arts and shit and they got an artist background and they've been painting since they was 5 and shit man my nigga Cole is from the mud bro grew up in a Trailer Park homes in North Carolina. You know what I'm saying? Black daddy, white mama. Back in the day, it was it's hard out for him now. Imagine how it was back for them in North Carolina. So, with Cole, I feel a lot of times it's a little bit more organic. I like it because I know he had to go out there and go get it. You know what I'm saying? We went and got it his way. And he's still doing things his way. And that's why he's one of my favorite rappers. That KOD, man. It's beautiful. Album of the year, I'm calling it. Only two albums that have came out are... (sighs) Okay, one album. The third album, it's, it's not far, but... It's not that close either. So, my order goes KOD, then the second album, number two, for the year so far, is Nipsey Hussle, <laughs> Nipsey Hussle, Victory Lap, and then I got a Race of 5-9, Book of Ryan, and I think a lot of people slept on the Book of Ryan, because a lot of people don't really listen to Royce, but the album was hard, um, I fuck with the track Dumb. Track he got with T Pain is nice. I forgot what it's called. You know, also I fuck with Bob Lobo, the coast, of course, man. My nigga Cole's on it. Uh, he got one track where he's a uh, damn. What's it? Let me see what it's called. He's talking about uh, that he got a cousin that his mom got him got him some fake tins for Christmas or some shit. But the Royce the, the Royce of Five Nine album is pretty nice, man. Especially if you like if you like rap if you like hip hop. If you don't want to listen to the goofy shit that's out there, like the like the Takashi's and the Lil Skies and Lil Zins and the, you know what I'm saying, the bullshit that's out there. Check out the Royster Five Nine. I fuck with Caterpillar, uh, Summer on Lock, Cocaine. Like, look, the album's nice. So if you haven't listened to it, go go check it out, man. You you. If you fuck with Nipsey, if you fuck with Cole, you'll fuck with the Royster 59 album. Don't be afraid to listen to this album. It's a very, very dope project by this guy. The Nipsey, man. <sighs> man, how long have we waited for this Nipsey album, bro? He's He's been talking about Victory Lap for years. Ain't since like the first marathon, bro. He's been talking about Victory Lap for years. Oh my gosh. And uh This is his first album. This is his first legit album. Everything else that Nipsey, everything that Nipsey has ever came out with has been a mixtape. 
Victory Lap is his first and only album. He's always been relevant. He's always been doing things his own way. Never looked for a handout. I thought at one point he was going to sign with MMG, but he didn't. Kept doing his own thing. Now he signed, I believe. But he did his own thing for so long. Had people buying into the, buying his mixtape for $100. Crenshaw, then mailbox money. I like bro. His his music's good for the soul because not only is he, he he's like rapping, he's rapping like like he's giving you knowledge, like he's giving you game. You know, so like he like like like, like it's like empowering you to be a black man. I like that. You need that type of music. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's good for the soul. It's soul music. It's it's it's, it's a form of soul music. You know what I mean? Soul music doesn't have to be literally soul music. Like soul music can be can be music that touches your soul, that you feel on the inside. You're like, man, I like that. I like the way that makes me feel. I fuck with that. I think my favorite track on uh Victory Lab might be Young Niggas. Young Niggas. Young Niggas. It's a track. Uh Hustle and Motivate. <sighs> Rap niggas is hard. Hmm. What else? I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, man. Because a lot of times when I play these albums, I just go to the album and I press play. If, if I fuck with it, I press play, I put it on shuffle. So sometimes I only be knowing the name of the song sometimes. I just be going with it. But the Nipsey Hustle's hard. I know a lot of people heard it. But if you haven't heard and listen to Nipsey, and I know everybody's heard the J. Cole. So I don't got to tell people to listen to the J. Cole. Uh, man, what else happened, man? Oh. How could I forget before I end this episode? Episode gonna be kind of short. We used to do about an hour. Me and y'all niggas about 45. The NBA Finals. Oh my gosh. Man. These playoffs have been exciting, man. First round was crazy. Second round was trash. First round was better than the second round. Like, second round was trash. Eastern Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals. You got the Boston Celtics versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you got the Rockets versus the Warriors, which all season long people were saying that it's the real finals. Like, the East is trash. Whoever comes out the East is going to get beat in the finals. They'll be lucky if it goes six. They're lucky if it goes six with the Rockets. They'd be lucky if it goes five with the Warriors. But they'll be lucky if they win a game in the finals. What everybody would say it. This nigga Brian, goddamn, turns into Android 23, and he starts to go crazy. Nigga hitting game winners all throughout the playoffs, dragging them. And I ain't going to call them bums because they not bad, bro. Cavs not that bad. They just not being used right. Like, you got a guy named Ronnie Hood. He comes over to your team. He's averaging 17 in Utah time. He comes to the team. He can't get back on the court because y'all don't want him doing things that he's good at. Y'all want him doing things that y'all want him to be good at. He's not Kyle Korver. He's, he can't just stand there and, and shoot. He has to be in motion. He has to be used right, come off screens. He has to do a whole bunch of shit. Sometimes he just needs the ball for him to just make a move. He can drive. He can create. He can do what he does. He's more than just a spot-up shooter. 
Same thing goes with Jordan Clarkson. Now, Jordan Clarkson, he has his spurts, but he got to get hot first. He got to get hot first. He's an energy player. He needs to get hot first. He's in the microwave. You get him hot first, he might hit three or four straight spot-up jumpers. But his first few points got to be a layup or something, a layup, a dunk. You know what I'm saying? It has to be something, a pull-up jumper. They got guys like Jeff Green, Kyle Korver, Larry Nance be hooping, uh, George Hill, who played against Brian with like two or three times in the Eastern Conference Finals when he was in Indiana. So he has a he has somewhat of a championship pedigree. Like he's been there. He's went to battle before. Like it's, this stuff isn't new to him. So they got pieces, bro. They got hoopers. People saying that the Cavs team is trash, they should not win a game. But somehow these niggas keep winning. And it's always broad. They lose, it's the team. Team ain't doing enough. The team is not doing enough. Brian had blah, 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 blah. Team not doing enough. They win. LeBron James is the greatest player of all time. He had 42. 12. That's what he has to do. He has the ball in his hands the entire game. He plays the entire 48 minutes. First of all, this nigga is 30, what, 33 years old. Playing like he's 25. Running and jumping like he's 25. 6'9", 295 pounds. This nigga is a pure behemoth at the ripe age of 33. Doing these things that are unheard of, unfathomable. Mind you, this nigga's never been hurt before either. They said that in the offseason, for the past few seasons, he's been spending $2 million dollars. On basically maintaining his body, workout plans, trainers, supplements. I want y'all to really think if you really think somebody who was spending two million dollars on their bodies aren't taking anything like you honestly believe two million dollars. That they are not going to be taking anything that they should not be taking. There's no way you can believe that. No way. Now, he might not be. He might just be this physical specimen. Like, he did come into the league at 18, what, 6'8", 250. Like, he was a man-child then. He's a man-child now. But for him to not get hurt, never. I've seen this man roll his ankle and... Nothing happened. He rolled his ankle, and he, he I think he finished the game with 50 points. Rolled ankle in the first quarter and finished the game with 50 points. Like, a rolled ankle is nothing. Brad never gets injured. He just seems to be, like, the perfect athlete. He's, like, the perfect specimen. Like, it's – and it's not even because I don't like Brad. So this shit don't make no sense. There was a story that came out, I think, during, like, the 2014 finals. When the Heat were playing the Spurs, they said before the game, LeBron weighed 270. They said after the game, LeBron weighed himself on the scale again, and he weighed 277. Fans saw it, reporters saw it, it was reported, it was a story. His guy, Brian Winhurst, said he was there, and players confirmed. This nigga gained seven pounds in a game. Like, it's shit like that, it doesn't make sense. None of this stuff makes sense. So, anyway, 
you got LeBron versus Boston. Boston is without Kyrie. They're without Gordon Hayward. They're going at it. Boston wins the first two. It's looking like the Cavs might be out of here in four, maybe five. It goes to Cleveland. Cleveland wins the next two. They beat up on Boston. Boston goes back home. Boston beats up on Cleveland. Cleveland goes back home. Cleveland squeaks by Boston. It was a close game. I think they won by like 10 points or some shit, but it was not a blowout. Gave Boston, you know, they had a chance. Game seven to play at home. Undefeated at home. Came down to the wire. Jason Tatum went crazy. He boomed on Braun. Uh... But they lost. Cavs ended up winning. Brian back to his eighth straight finals. Y'all knew who came out the West. The Warriors. The Dubs. Steph, KD, Draymond in the game. Clay. Shout out to my nigga Swaggy. Uh, they came out the West. I mean, they ended up going seven with the Rockets. Chris Paul got hurt in, what, game five? It was a victory. The Rockets were actually up in the series 3-2. They go into game six. They're going crazy. At halftime, I think they were up 10 points or some shit. They were up 17 at one point in game six. They blew They blew that lead and lost the game. They got blew out. Like, okay, that was in Golden State. We go back to Houston. Same thing. They're up double digits. I think they go into halftime with like an 11-point lead or some shit. They get ran again. They missed 27 straight threes. 27 straight threes. Now, people try to blame it on the refs. They say the refs are horrible. That's fine. You're not going to beat anybody when you miss 27. You're not going to beat nobody when you, be, when you miss 27 shots. You're definitely not going to beat nobody when you miss 27 straight threes. Ridiculous. They try to out-warriors the Warriors. How are you going to do that? And you're, you're missing your best player, Chris Paul. I mean, James Harden, is, is he's going to get the MVP this year, but their best player, their most valuable player on that team was Chris Paul. He would have slowed game six down. And nobody knows the Warriors still might would have won, but it definitely wouldn't have went that way. It would have went totally different. The Warriors would have had to play totally different. The Warriors would have had to play way better. Fast forward to last night, well, two nights ago, game one of the NBA Finals, Cavs, Warriors. KD is still playing like a dickhead. I don't know why. He keeps trying to ISO. And he has, like, smaller guys on him, like like George Hill. Like, bro, you're seven. Like, bro, go to the rack, bro. Go to the rack. You letting these niggas guard you. You belling them out. You, like, come on. And and shame on Steve Kerr, too, for not, for not like, like step, like he, I know he told KD, trust your teammates, but nah, bro, you gotta sit him down. Like, look, nigga, pass the ball, stop this ISO shit. Like, when we pass the ball and do our and do what we do and swing the ball, keep the ball moving, we're unstoppable. You fucking us up in the half court with this dumbass isolation shit. Pass the ball. That's what I would say if I was Steve Kerr. Talk crazy, just Kevin Durant. But that's, I mean, so he's playing stupid. Ultimately, ends up giving the Cavaliers a chance. Now, everybody's going to talk about the last, what, like 36? Like the last like the last two minutes of the game, everybody's going to talk about. So, there was a play. The Cavs ended up being up two with a minute left, less than a minute left. 
Kevin Durant's going to the hoop. Um, I forgot who's checking him. Might be Tristan. I don't know. But Kevin Durant's going to the hoop. Bron slides over to take a charge. Uh, boom. Play happens. Kevin Durant hit Bron. Ref says charge. Crowd goes crazy. But then it's like, oh, they're going to review it. So they're like, well, he wasn't in the cylinder, so they, they, they can't review it. What are they reviewing? The refs ended up overturning the call from a charge to a block. And it was the right call. It, in my opinion, it was a bang-bang play. I understand the frustration. And in this NBA Finals, it was almost like the referees were damned if they do and damned if they don't. Like, if they wouldn't have changed that, it would have been, man, they, the refs fucked up and called that charge. I mean, they called that block a charge. Because if you look at the footage, when you look at the replay, LeBron, yes, his feet, he got his, he got there as far as his feet go, his base, but then he's turning his shoulders to make himself in front of KD enough so he could get the charge. Can't do that, bro. You gotta be squared up. Like, like you can't move, like you can't move your shoulders and stuff on the charge. Like I can't like lean. It's just like if you're taking a jump shot. I mean, just like when somebody's taking a jump shot and you're contesting and they launch themselves into you, they will call the foul on the offensive player now. Same thing goes with the charge. Like, you have to be set. So, he wasn't set. They ended up overchanging it. It's never happened before. So, everybody was mad. How do you do that? How do you do He wasn't a center. That's impossible. Blah, they were going crazy. So, Kevin Durant shoots two. It's a tie game. Um, what is it? One oh. I can't remember the score. But anyway, though, Brian goes down the court. Boom. Uh, I think he gets that. I think he gets the bucket. Yeah, yeah, he gets the bucket. Steph comes down the court. He gets the bucket and one. He makes the free throw. Warriors up one. Cavs coming down the court. Brian sees a George Hill cut into the basket, throws the pass to George Hill. Clay grabs him. It's a foul. George Hill going to the line to shoot two free throws with like 4.2 seconds left. The score is 106-107 in the favor of the Warriors. George Hill hits the first free throw. He's an 81% free throw shooter. That was his, I think his first free throw is his second free throw of the game. And you can see on his face when he had to shoot that second free throw. He doinked it. JR gets an offensive rebound over Kevin Durant. It's a tie game. JR dribbles the ball out to the three-point line and then passes it to George Hill for a last-second shot. Time expires. LeBron is furious. He doesn't know what the fuck JR was thinking. He's looking at JR. What happened? JR looks at Brian and says, I thought we had the lead. Brian could not believe what he just heard, and he walked to the uh, bench with disgust. And you could just tell he was like, we cannot give these niggas five more minutes. They have five more minutes. And the Warriors did what the Warriors do best. They ran them out the gym. The gym smacked them. It was like 17 to like four or some shit. Like They ran them out the gym quick. Uh, Tristan ended up getting ejected. He threw a ball and kind of punched Draymond and... It was a little scuffle at the end. It was a whole bunch going on, a whole bunch of extracurricular activities going on in two minutes, last two minutes of the game. But all in all, good always prevails over evil. Uh, the Warriors got game one over the Cavs. 
three more to go. It's going to be a great summer, man. I can feel it. I can definitely feel it. But um, that's it, man. I've been talking for almost an hour, man. This is the part where Jay would give y'all words of wisdom. I don't have any words of wisdom for y'all, but but all I can say is, huh? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have anything. Yeah, this is the part where Jay would say, man, he would get the words of wisdom popping, man. I, I guess my first words of wisdom is gonna be, um, oh. I got it. I got it. My words of wisdom, man. Stop calling niggas geniuses. Everybody's not a genius. Stop calling niggas geniuses, man. Just because, like, niggas like Kanye, like, that, he's not a genius, bro. He, that nigga is not a genius, like, at all. Like, he's good at what he does. Let's not make this nigga some type of fucking higher being or some shit, like, Fucking weirdos. 